0: All right, everyone, you guessed it. It's that time for coaches' announcements. But before, I just want to say hitting 100 episodes is just epic. And I'm so blessed to have all of you here listening and taking in and writing your reviews and sharing. And this next episode is going to blow you away. But before we get to it, uh, what are you doing for winter training? I know this is the time of the year it's July going into August everybody is starting to think about what are we going to do to train for the winter to keep up our cycling fitness and physique and get stronger for next year maybe you're thinking about goals already like events you want to participate in because everything's opening up and things are coming back on and so how are you going to get that training in so what are you going to do to save some time Learn faster and get in some practice. So this is where I want you to take a really close look to at my cycling skills four week online workshop. It is for women. Um. But, you know, I always take in dudes too. um. And this is where you are going to get those specific skills that will take your fitness, whatever it is, on the bike to the next level. And so the first week, it's all online. We have one webinar a week and then we have one Q&A. And basically you get me as a coach all month in the Facebook page. So the first week is dedicated to Pedal Stroke because we get to start there that's the foundation that we move to hills how do you get better on the hills that's the big question people want to get stronger how do you become stronger well it's more about efficiency and pedal stroke which is the first one third one is about speed how do you get stronger and we're going to talk about weight training and the last one is all dedicated about nutrition if you don't have good fuel you're not going to go anywhere faster period no matter how skilled you are so putting that all together one amazing price you can and it's over, and then you can start applying that outside. I have two workshops. I have one for September and one for October, and then we get into <coughs> winter training, which I have something super amazing that's going to keep you motivated and moving forward over the winter. It's my signature, I just call it my 16 week roads. Cycling program that's indoor. We're gonna incorporate in with Swift and um I've been running this for 15 years. Anyways, take a look, cycling for the four-week, and you just go to sylviedaou.ca for everything. Anyways, I want you to enjoy this episode. It's super amazing. Let me know what you think. Have an amazing day. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle Podcast. I'm Sylvie Deu, your host. We're coming out for another episode of Secrets from Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow, and we have an extraordinary young lady here with us who is local to Ottawa, so she doesn't live very far from me, Lucy Hempstead. She is on her way to her Olympic dreams for 2024, is probably what you're looking at, because... Well, this summer. But she has a really and it, we're not only going to talk about Olympics and Olympics is great, but she's got a lot of other amazing things to share with us. Um, and I'm just so excited to have her here. Not only is she um, she's uh, racing for a pro team right now, but she uh, went and trained for to break the world records one out. No, sorry. 24 hour
1: i Bye. wish it was
0: one hour <laughs> yeah I <we're> wish <just, laughs> how fast you can go one hour that'd be awesome Go so, 24 hour ride uh, she's going to talk about it um i have links in the in uh, the um in the course notes where you can go and read more about her but lucy we're so excited to have you here
1: i'm super excited to be here i can't wait it's been a long time coming Yeah, I know. We've been trying to get
0: (laughs) get, nail each other. I've been trying to nail her down for a while, and we're just really great, grateful to have her here now. So I always love to start um, start out the podcast uh, episode with our guests and asking like their story about how they got into cycling. So
1: can you go all
0: the way back to?
1: it's I don't have to go very far back to when I, I know. started cycling because like I grew up doing soccer and mostly cross-country and everything like even back in like elementary school I would run and all of that that's how I kind of found my footing in athletics and how I started making friends and everything was way back in grade two I just like ran and played soccer and really got into that and from soccer and everything, I found out that I was, like, a little faster than most people my age. So, as I grew up, I started taking track and field a lot more seriously. And, yeah, I'd, like, compete and train, like, a proper amount of hours. Like, up until high school and university, oh. I'd be training, like, 20 to 25 hours a week of just running and weightlifting for and all that stuff. Yeah, for track and field.
0: Which, what, uh, what events did you do?
1: I like growing up in elementary school and stuff I'd like dabble all through like cross-country distances to even just like the 100 and 200 because mm-hmm. at that age I feel like you can't really specialize that early it's like putting all your eggs in one basket and being like well this is the way I'm gonna go from age 12. well I usually like,
0: put you in like okay how many events are you good at And you're like you yeah
1: just- <laughs> like if there's no limit you may as well just do them all and see which one right. you know but I as I started to get older and like things got a little more technical because like the age in which you peak and track is like a lot younger than in cycling I think oh. because I started to like finite all my choices and everything in high school when I decided I wanted to be like a 400 meter hurdler because I was like <laughs> kind of middle distance I did hurdles like,
0: 400 yeah. meters 400
1: meters and hurdles together it's like oh oh. okay
0: okay I was like I'm like 400 meter hurdles so 400 and you got the
1: hurdles oh no 400 meter hurdles like together like it's 400 meters but there's like hurdles every 50 meters yeah it sounds like it's unreal but it is (laughs) is that that new it's it's probably I I can imagine it'd be a little more recent I did 200 (laughs) and 100 and that's all you're brutal I would just yeah. get my butt handed to me in those when I like as soon as i got gone <laughs> to high school and everybody started training like as hard as I was training for like the 400 and the 400 meter hurdles and like that kind of distance people were training that hard for like the full-out sprints and I just did not stand a chance oh god because I just like couldn't put on the muscle couldn't like like I just didn't have the fast twitch and I don't know like growing like my whole family's background has always been endurance athletics and stuff like that. Okay. But because I did soccer, I thought that I had a pretty okay sprint, but I was proven wrong as soon as I got <laughs> into like a bigger pool of people that I hadn't yeah. just grown up with my whole life. But yeah, so long story short, I didn't cycle at all until I was like 11 and I had this hybrid bike and it had oh. training wheels on it. And my dad was like you're learning to ride your bike now so we would go up to the park and he'd be like get on the bike and just ride and with training wheels on I was still absolutely so bad at it like biking was never even a thought like I it was one of those things where I was like oh this is news to me that this is an actual sport that people like compete in the same way people do running because to right. me running was like the sport it was like what you think of when you think athletics and it had become like my dream to be in the Olympics for that, and like I had Instagram handles growing up when I was 14 of like Lucy's Olympic dream, and it was just like full on. And I've said this in a couple other interviews and stuff, but it's kind of embarrassing. But I remember being just so gutted when I found out that you couldn't actually get the Olympic rings like tattooed on you until you've actually Oh yeah. <laughs> who
0: told you that was like the tattoo artist like, so like
1: no it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like adults and friends around me but I was like oh because I just loved like I love the Olympics and like right everything about it like everything about it I just like stay home from school to watch it I was obsessed with it and I was just like yeah I want the Olympic rings on me like I haven't gone I'm probably never gonna go but <laughs> and then I realized you only get them when you go I was like well now I'm embarrassed but I'd have like Sharpie Olympic rings on my arm like all through elementary school and everything like that that's good (laughs) but yeah so doing track I'm getting like off track here but growing up doing track that kind of um like something that's really prevalent in like teenagers like mostly girl teenagers growing up in track and field environments is there's like an underlying kind of elephant in the room of eating disorders and just like needing to look a certain way to run a certain way and
0: like
1: there's like a little like a you feel like there's kind of like a body that you're supposed to fit in in order to be part of like some certain community like distance runners, middle distance runners look a certain way and to be that good you need to look that way and I really just like spiraled down that and it some dumb. coaches that I had weren't like the best about that they kind of like encouraged that behavior. I was gonna ask where did it come from
0: like did it come from like your teammates or was it in like you said was it encouraged I mean because you're not very old and that's not very long ago.
1: No, no, it's still like very recent, and yeah, I definitely still like deal with those like intrusive thoughts like yeah. to this day. But I didn't. I trained with mostly guys growing up, like in track and everything, because there weren't a lot mm-hmm. of girls in my club. Because I trained outside of school as well, like in a club. Did you
0: train at Terry Fox?
1: Uh, I went there a lot, yeah. But we also yeah. had like our with own little club? gym. I I trained with a club, yeah, but we had our own like gym and like these like self powered treadmills and stuff. So we'd go back and forth between the facilities and everything. But yeah, just like social media and like seeing all the like actual pros and how they looked and just like what you think that they do to train Mm -hmm. and like how you think they eat and like how you think they restrict. And it just like it turned into like wanting to eat healthy to restricting foods to restricting all foods to like. Oh spiraling into an eating disorder. And because I was spiraling into an eating disorder, I was losing weight and I was losing weight at an exponential rate. And my coach was like, You look great. You're running amazing. Like your numbers are super good. Like hop on the scale. We'll see like what your body fat percentage oh, is. And no, he was just like really? feeding into yeah. Oh, like gosh. he would feed into all of the like really bad habits that I had kind of created. And like I'm a creature of habits, so I was just like running that routine that was like hurting me like into the ground and it was being like positively reinforced and Mm -hmm. like as a product of that I like had really really bad bone density and Mm -hmm. yeah like so I developed an eating disorder and like really bad like I was I had like the potential to have like osteoporosis and I had to go get bone density scans and all that kind of stuff. This and like is the scary thing where they stuff inject- for kids. Yeah.
0: Your age. Yeah, I was how like, did you figure-
1: this was 2019. Sorry, I don't. Figure it out.
0: So. Well, how did you figure, did you go for bone density testing or how did you figure- So, like, figure out to go everybody, for that?
1: Everybody started noticing, like, you don't look so good. Like, you Uh-oh. look a lot different. And when I didn't do well at so it was like, this is all for nothing. Like, right now I'm waking up, I'm like half of a person I used to be. And it feels like the only thing that I'm supposed to do when I wake up is like, think about training, train or race. And that's like all I'm capable of doing too. Cause like, I'm exhausted. Like my cortisol is up here and all of my other things are done. Like like reproductive system's gone. Immune system's gone. Being able to feel warm without like eight layers on, gone. Like-
0: Are you talking right now? Like, you
1: no. Know, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: I know, I know it's cold outside because I'm just like,
1: (laughs) I. no, 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 this was, this is like back when I was like in the midst of like the worst eating disorder of my life. And then like all of that was happening and I was like, well, like I still feel like I look okay and my numbers when I'm racing are good. So there's no issues here and my coach isn't telling me there's issues. And it wasn't until I started feeling like really horrible pains in my feet where I was like maybe huh. something is wrong so I went and I like got them looked at at the Carlton Ice House like at the um, like the video yeah. there yeah and I like was like yeah like my foot's literally hurting me whenever I put weight on it like it's getting kind of swollen she was like you need to get this x-rayed Or for sure you do this might be stress fractures and I was like oh, Gosh. oh. Uh-oh. So I get them checked out and eventually find out that I had a stress fracture in my right navicular and then four different stress fractures in my metatarsals in both my feet. And also a stress, like two stress fractures, like forming in my pelvis. So I had like almost 10 stress fractures and one like really bad one in my navicular, which was the one that like ultimately led me to getting checked out. Right. Where's, yeah, okay, like
0: where, the, where's that bone? Is that in the top uh, of your foot? It's
1: like, you know, like the big pad under your big toe?
0: Yeah. Like
1: the ball of your foot that's like uh, below your big toe? Right. That bone. So it's kind of okay. like, feels like the big ball bone behind your big toe. Yes. And then the, the navicular, the metatarsals are all like the little toe bones. Mm. And the navicular is like the bigger one mm-hmm. on like the far inside but yeah weird there's a lot of foot bones but I had like fractures in so many of them in both my feet and then also my pelvis which was not good and I ended up having to train in an air cast and I was like how am I going to keep a ball of this intensity while I have all these stress fractures so I like was going to a liquid gym which is like where you run on 10 yeah. miles underwater yeah. and like bike underwater and do all that mm-hmm. stuff and the only way that I me and my coach could kind of like figure out how to get me to do the same intensity and like work as hard as I would be running was to do intervals on like a like a stationary bike oh and like go to spin classes at Mavati and stuff like that so those are the only ways that I could like actually feel like I was getting the intensity that I'm used to Right. So that's like how I started training on a bike. Was kind of mm-hmm. like being forced into it. Yeah. But I just like I got so used to doing all of my interval workouts on like spin bikes that it's like, <laughs> like I just I like, like I knew this. how to do it and <laughs> I was like this is kind of okay. Like I don't mind this and I'm not in like excruciating foot pain afterwards. And then like they kind of went on like that for a bit. Like my stress fractures started healing. I had, had a lot of like work to do with the eating disorder and like going to therapy and like trying to just like push those thoughts aside and I still deal with that a lot but I went to a lot of therapy and like have been in and out of a lot of like people helping me and like nutritionists mm-hmm. and dieticians and just like all that kind of stuff and it's a really long journey and by no means is it over but I well, have like a way better.
0: How old were you when all this
1: started? It's like 2019
0: so
1: like you're what like, i was like 17 17 like okay like late 17 and then all of 18 was like this whole this whole thing right so
0: when you just when you when you went to the x-rays and you found out all these stress fractures and then found out about your bone density is that when you kind of fired your coach no i just kidding <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, essentially I like fired myself from the sport mentally. I, I was like, I yeah, am checking true. out, like, why am I waking up every day dreading workouts, dreading all this stuff? Right. I feel like if I don't win races, I feel useless. Cause it's like, well, uh-huh. I've put myself in this hole and like I'm not even doing well. And I hate being here. And I was just like, <laughs> it felt like it was my job because like I-, I told you, like at that point. Like my whole life I had been running. So I felt like I was totally just defined by running. Like the only thing that I was in this world was a runner. And that's how I made friends. That's how everybody knew me. That's like how I had, it's like that's who I was to everybody and to myself. And I was like, I am just a runner. And if I can't run, what am I? Mm
0: -hmm. So I was
1: so scared to leave running. And the only thing that got me to leave running was my mom signed me up for RBC training ground which was kind of like RBC training ground is kind of like you know in gym when they do like a bunch of fitness tests mm-hmm. on you and you get like points and everything like that that's kind of what RBC is and from all of those tests like the beep test which is what I did really really well on and like some little sprints and like verticals and stuff like that and just like a dead weight pull and all that kind of stuff um, huh. they take your points from that and they kind of see like okay like what niche sport would this person like be good at that they would never really think to do. Like there was rugby, there was still track and field, there was speed skating, there's oh. obviously cycling, there was rowing, there's like all these sports that aren't like immediately what you think you're gonna put your kids into, like hockey or soccer or whatever. So uh two guys from Cycling Canada approached me after my beep test because I had like won it and posted like one of the best times for the day across all genders and they were like we really think that like your body type and your endurance and like all these strengths that we've seen would really allow you to excel in cycling and I was like that's weird because I like have never ridden a bike ever in my life except for recently when I had to <laughs> and like that one didn't have two wheels like it wasn't gonna fall over <laughs> or anything I was like I don't know if I can even ride a freaking bike <laughs> like I don't know if I can ride at a group like I talk about (laughs) it with my coaches now like you talk to Sean Clark like you've you've interviewed him
0: yeah how long have you been working with him
1: uh so with RBC when I won the funding and everything like part of that was they provided me with a coach and all that so I was lucky enough to get him as a coach
0: Mm -hmm.
1: when they when they assigned us that kind of thing so yeah we've been working and I like I'll bring it up to him and be like holy crap like look at, like, where I am now, like, the record, and, like, I have a team, and he's, like, you knew nothing <laughs> back on our, like, first ride together, he's, like, you knew nothing, <laughs> like, I don't even understand how you can possibly, like, be riding on a bike now, because, like, you can have your fitness and everything, but if you don't know, like, mechanic can't a bike, or like right. how to ride it, <laughs> or like how to change a flat, or like what's the difference between rim and disc. Like I knew nothing. I knew nothing. Well, this so
0: is like, awesome because if you know nothing and look where you are now, imagine what everybody yeah. else could do. Seriously. Well,
1: yeah, it's true. <laughs> and like I was like, like when RBC picked me for the funding, and I went to Milton. They did some extra testing, which was like in Milton when I did like some extra testing and stuff they put us on like track bikes uh, like on the velodrome like Uh (laughs) ones where you can't stop pedaling or you'll fly off that was like the first time I had ever been on a bike a with drop bars b without like training wheels or like (laughs) stuff like that and I just like they put us on the velodrome on these bikes and I was like well like what what (laughs) and it was so fun like it was the most fun I'd ever had I did not crash it was the best day of my life I was like okay I love this I want to do this I'll let people fund me to do this Ah. this yes me please I'm okay like this is it was so fun it was just I was on a buzz from it for like weeks after I was just so in it and I was like okay I need to now know everything about this sport like I need to throw myself in it so i got a job at my local bike shop the cyclery
0: oh like, gosh so you're a cyclery girl too Jeez. yeah <laughs> <So it's>,
1: yeah
0: <laughs> you talked to Ariane too eh? so. uh, Ariane, jenny like i'm like yeah. what it's like i mean it's been a massive hub for a yeah. lot of elite style women like jenny was oh. just a I remember when I was racing and I was coaching and I heard of Jenny and then I heard I the first time I've heard of her was when she started working with the OBC and then the OBC yeah. she went to cyclery and uh and then I'd see her coaching and I was like oh my gosh look at this girl like I was just I when I interviewed her I'm like I was always in awe of you every time I saw you
1: huh. yeah <laughs> That's so, it's weird though. It's like such a small world because Sean worked there, Mike Woods yeah. worked there, like Vince is well, great. He's been super I, yeah. supportive and like super patient with like me starting working there and everything. And like literally, I remember one of my coworkers was, I was like, okay, teach me bikes. Like, just give me a crash course on bikes okay. like, so I can crash like <laughs> You like oh, And she like, yeah. <laughs> she, I remember her trying to explain to me. The difference between Shimano and Tram and like the difference between like 105 Altega and Durace and I was like, uh-huh. like what are you talking about right now?
0: <laughs> this is like a crash I course didn't... Lucy.
1: Come on. I was so lost. I was so lost. But now I can like confidently sell a bike and like do work on my own bike and like compare different parts and different like just, I, like I know what I'm talking about now. And it's been like a year because awesome. I'm just like I've prioritized like throwing myself into the sport like full in because mm-hmm. I want to like feel like I deserve to be here and feel like I I earned everything that comes to me and I want to feel like established and everything I don't want to just have this all kind of fall into my lap and not know what to do with it well it makes so you I, feel more knowledgeable like, I feel like too, I've gotten like myself good. there yeah Yeah, like, I want to be able to give advice and, like, help other people who, when RBC is able to do more national finals and stuff like that, like, people who are, like, thrown into a sport and know nothing about it, they can, like, you can still learn (laughs) and people want to help you. Like, the community of cycling is so incredible. That's, like, Mm -hmm. one of the main things I've realized is how welcoming everybody, even in just, like, Ottawa, Gatineau area everybody is so welcoming and so willing to share their knowledge and share some of their equipment and share roots and tips and advice and it's just been really it's made the whole transition really easily really easy and just like way more enjoyable
0: nice so are you um all right so we've got a lot we talked to rbc rbc are you going to school or are you pull full-time cyclist right now
1: so I have one year of university under my belt. I did uh, my first year in Women's Studies and Criminology at U Ottawa. Oh. And that was when I was still, that's when I was still doing track a little bit. So I was on the roster for a track there and did like my first U, uh, U sports slash OUA season with U Ottawa. That's like kind of while I was transitioning with the RBC stuff because they like overlapped a little bit. Yeah. so I did my first year and then COVID happened and everything and I decided to take a gap year just because I wasn't really like I wasn't feeling my program I kind of felt like I was just doing it for the sake of doing it and I didn't actually Mm -hmm. like don't get me wrong totally care about women's studies and crim but (laughs) I just I'm all about women's studies but I was just not really like it felt like I was doing it because everybody wanted me to Mm. so I took a step back from that and kind of worked and just like put got my foot more in the door with cycling and prioritized those things because it seemed like the right thing to do when I couldn't really even go into school to be there
0: right yeah
1: um so I did that and recently I just got accepted into a two year online program at Algonquin now that I'm gonna start oh. in September. So I will be going back to school. It's a two year program online for fitness promotion. Oh so, cool. Yeah. So I figure that'll be super cool. I kind of have like a little bit of an idea of where I wanna take that mm-hmm. eventually. Kind of maybe down a more like business route or something like that.
0: Oh gosh.
1: But yeah um that's kind of what I'll be doing in September because that way I can do it remotely too yeah. if there's if slash hopefully when there's racing you
0: get to go to the states so, and
1: race yeah hopefully Europe too like that would be ah, yeah be, go see Sean yeah honestly
0: oh I'm stuck in Spain I'm like oh be quiet
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> sucks to be you right Sean yeah S- sucks to be you yeah I'm jealous
0: so, all right. So you're going to be going back to school. That's cool. I always big promoter of of education. Um, yeah, and
1: like, we're female cyclists like, are like in no way, shape, or form paid enough. Where like, you can just be a cyclist. It sucks, but like, I've like yeah. done a lot of realizing. Hopefully, lately, that like, will change. I, yeah, in your the, like, next that changes, <laughs> Yeah, that would be ideal. But like recently, I've like discovered I need to have like education slash like a backup plan to kind of have like my own other career and like that kind of thing mm-hmm. the side
0: hustle yeah because you look at
1: like the female peloton and like everybody's like doctors or engineers and, stuff like that, and it's insane it's like you have all it's of crazy. these like incredibly talented men who are just full-on cyclists and that is their job and they're everything and like that's all they do and they look at the women's world tour and it's like they're also badass amazing cyclists that are like doing incredibly well in races and everything and they're also doctors and they're also oh, they're, engineers and they're also yeah. scientists and moms and like single yeah. moms and like it's just like
0: wow um, <laughs> I awesome. know it is wow
1: I um, better start doing more than just <laughs> working at a bike shop so, yeah, <laughs> well, I think
0: that's a good place to start, but you are definitely yeah. right. Like, keeping the education mm-hmm. on, like, going as you go is pretty important because you don't know when that train's going to end, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it could be
0: a freak accident or something. And I, I hate staying yeah. things like that, but you have to be thinking about
1: what, yeah, if. like, you have, like, it's fun to have your head in the clouds. But you have to kind of be realistic yeah. about it sometimes, because like things like COVID, like
0: yeah, that took that's away a like a year and a half of
1: potential. That took a year, like a a year and a half of potential racing that I could have done, and just like mm-hmm. it didn't happen. So
0: so let's segue for talking about COVID you gave yourself a, a goal of training for this world record 24 hour how many as many kilometers as you can go in 24 hours so yeah. the record was 680 and yeah. you crushed it only by 200
1: kilometers <laughs> well, like,
0: wow that
1: entire yeah 812 kilometers is no joke even on one's yeah so
0: talk about this like how did you uh is that so how long did you
1: train for this and so I didn't like because I was doing so much base like the way I was training was like a lot of base like Mm -hmm. I try to do like 20 or so hours and stuff like
0: every week
1: like with weights and running and biking and everything like it ends up being like usually at least 20 hours yeah. total so I had a lot of base under me and we're out like Toronto Hustle has now annually like that last year and this year done a crush COVID thing which is like a 24-hour relay on Zwift so everybody will sign up for these shifts because we do them in two-hour segments on right. Zwift as like kind of Zwift events so you can sign up and then you'll do two hours you can sign up and do four hours and like the way our team would do it is kind of like a relay kind of thing so uh-huh. like Two people would do one of the two hours or they'd do like four hours back to back and just like as long as you have two shifts during this whole 24 hours like yes. you participated that's great like raise money it was a big focus on the charity and everything especially this year with it being for the, the mental health um okay. the mg the yeah the mental health foundation and everything for michael garan hospital okay so yeah, where was I going with that? Um, <laughs> no,
0: you're talking about the um, uh, Toronto Hustle 24 yeah, Hour yeah. Swift.
1: So did you just so do yeah, that like we all had to do 24 hours?
0: At we the all same had time to do shift.
1: And our one coach Brad last year he did the full 24 hours. Oh, okay. He's like a city councilor for Toronto and everything mm-hmm. and like super involved and was like I'll do the full 24 hours, it'll be great. And another one of our athletes Travis Samuel, he was like, "Well, I'm going to go for the world record." like for 24 hours so he did that he actually ended up getting it I'm pretty sure and then Brad just did it for the 24 hours which is also ridiculous but didn't go for the record (laughs) he just would pedal and like interviewed everybody and stuff and then this year we did it again because COVID is still here yeah (laughs) well there's no racing we'll do it again it was great like for raising money for charity and it did like oh it only only good things came of it so why not so we all did it again and I was like what if I went for the 24 hour record? Like when I do things, I love to just like fully do them. Like I love to do them all out. And to me it was like, like, I was like, well, why wouldn't I do 24 hours? Like, I think I can do that because a little more context last year, last September with my team Toronto hustle, the way that I get, I guest rode for them to kind of get onto the team was we did a ride from Toronto to Ottawa, capital to capital which was, it ended up being like 435K. We did it in 13 and almost 14 hours. Yeah, we left at like 3 AM, got to Ottawa eight. We pit stopped in... Kingston? T-
0: t- t- what's it called? Tweed.
1: Trenton? Tweed, oh, Tweed, really? <laughs> um, <that> was, oh <laughs> my I gosh that's like the smallest town ever oh yeah they have a subway though (laughs) they have a subway and we were we (laughs) we hit up that subway there's like a picture of me eating like the saddest little gluten-free sub under a tree and I just so so cracked because we're like 230k in I am like 100ks over the longest ride I had ever done because like my (laughs) longest ride up until that point I was like I threw myself into this when my longest ride up to that point was the uber pretzel route on Zwift. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, up until that point, my longest ride was, like, five hours of, like, totally, like, inflated Zwift algorithm, like, speed. Like, you know how when you, like, go on Zwift and you push, like, zone two and it's, like, you're going 38 kilometers an hour? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's flat and there's no wind. So I did the Uber pretzel on Zwift, which is like a hundred and like fifty something K or whatever. And that was my longest ride. And I was like, well, I can do this capital to capital thing. Yeah, that's that. right. So <laughs> I went and did that in like 230K and I was like, this is not Zwift and this is double my this longest ride. To- and <laughs> I feel my ass hurts. <laughs> less than excellent right now. Yeah. But like, I was, I was, like, I was doing great. We were all averaging. How many like, of you? Because there was, like, there was, like, 10 of us. Okay, that's a good size like to bunch. rotate through. Yeah, and, like, I was learning everybody's names and, like, getting to know everyone. <laughs> so I had lots to talk about. And, it like, it was, like, as, as fast as, like, 14 hours in the saddle can fly by, it did feel like it flew by. And it was really, it was super fun. Like, it made me realize that, like, I love that kind of thing. Like, super long, sorry, super long, like, endurance kind of riding and all that. Like, just, like, weird projects where you, like, go and do things <laughs> for an entire day. We did one thing like thing that
0: on over Swift. Like, I think it was, um, it was a century. It was, like, the the pretzel or something. I can't remember Mm. what it was. Anyways, there was like 12 of us on Swift Mm. and on Facebook, uh, chat messenger, Facebook chat. So we're all there and it's like seven and a half hours. We had three 15 minute stops. And I'm like, that was the longest I'd been on my, on the trainer. Like, I think I did like an hour and a half, two hours was like the longest ride, i'm like
1: yeah, why would you be on the trainer for longer than that like, i know seriously
0: I've, I've done centuries before so i i know i'm capable yeah. of going that far but like you said on a on a trainer is a different story by yourself yeah. well and we work like, by it's yourself. like
1: the most uncomfortable you'll ever be on your bike yeah exactly there's no way for it not to hurt
0: <laughs> yeah but we did it so you guys made it to ottawa and yeah. then you decide to do the twenty, the 24-hour uh, record?
1: Yeah. So, like, I got on the team because I had done that guest ride and everything. And they're, like, okay, oh. like, she's willing to, like, she's willing to, like, be a part of this team. And she wants to guest ride. And she kept up. And she can ride in a group and all that stuff. And, like, I had made the connections and got along with the team. So, because there's no racing, that was, like, how I guest rode. Which was yeah, yeah. a pretty unique way to guest ride. <laughs> like, one yeah. hell of a guest ride. Fine. But I went super well. So, like... <laughs> As a result, I got on the team and then I was like, like that same mentality that I had where I was like, yeah, I'll do this capital capital thing with zero experience. I was like, (laughs) why won't I be able to ride 24 hours? Like I can stay awake for 24 hours so I can ride for 24
0: hours.
1: (laughs) So yeah, like more than half. So I was like, well, we had gotten no sleep that night too, because we stayed up watching the Raptors lose. So I was like, well, I did all of that in like 24 hours basically, so I was fully convinced that I could do this for some reason (laughs) I was like why wouldn't I be able to do this like I wasn't even thinking about the record yet I was just like I think I can do this and it like it wasn't until one of our one of my teammates in the chat was like what's the girls world record I was like I don't know should I go for it so we looked it up and like we contacted Guinness and we filled out the whole like legit application process and like got that all approved and like sent a bunch of paperwork in and paid and blah blah blah. like we got it all like super verified so it's all legit and everything and Uh they told us that the previous record um was a girl in i think saudi arabia she's a cyclist in saudi arabia who's also been a runner before um (laughs) but it was 680k that was the previous record and i was like i did like the math and everything and i was like if i roll at 30 kilometers an hour for 24 hours i will get at least 700k
0: yeah and, and be well it. you did almost 513 hours so
1: mm-hmm. what's another 20 20- yeah exactly i was like yeah, you're like uh, and so, i was like i can do this i just have to sit on my bike and <laughs> stay in a draft and do 30 kilometers an hour so we like organized it so like we made like a big group chat and like made like a google sheet about who would ride when so i'd always have people to ride with and like always Oh, have a cool. deal. okay so we had like people to help me right at the start and like there was a night shift of people like i had people um riding with me from like 10 p.m to 4 a.m oh, and cool. we were all just awake and texting and everything and like it was the weirdest part though of the whole whole thing was like the day leading like because we started at 6 p.m
0: yeah
1: we did six to six so the entire like day of Friday until six I was like what do I do (laughs) like should I go for a walk or like should I just eat like all day (laughs) or will I just regret that at 3 a.m when I need to go to the freaking washroom and like I just I was like how do you prepare for this when it's at six p.m. and you have like right. an entire day, like should I sleep? Should I? I just had no idea what to do because I was like, this could easily turn into like a forty-hour day. If oh I yes, yeah, right. Huh. So I was like, what do I even do? So I just like I essentially laid on the couch and ate food all day until the time came, and like tried like to nap, and that like I went out like. Mhm. I was like, this is the most intense carvelling. Like I felt like crap going into it I was just like so full so like <laughs> I hadn't done a thing like 10 steps max that day like I hadn't done a thing no I felt so weird going into like... it I did I did like a test ride to make sure the stream and everything worked like the night before but like Sean and I were like yeah just let's just not do anything because you're about to do something for 24 hours
0: <laughs> yeah it's so
1: not like let's just not Do anything I don't think you need to warm up for this like you're not gonna be like doing zone anything for the whole 24 hours so you don't really need to warm up for it so yeah like I remember getting on at six and being like woo everything's happening and there was like a big zoom call with Brad and all of the people he's interviewing so that was like it was like super fun and like everyone was like super down with it for the first two hours so those flew by and then like 10 p.m rolls around and I'm like okay I've been doing this for like four hours feeling pretty good it's dinner time like I'll eat dinner blah blah blah. (laughs) and like then it gets to be like 12 and most of the people who started like went to bed and that's when everybody who was going to ride with me during the night like started getting on lift and we were like okay let's settle in like We have a long night ahead of us, and everyone was telling me that the night shift was going to be the worst part, and that was going to be the hardest part, and that's when you're going to feel your darkest, but, like, because all of my favorite people rode with me all night, and it was just
0: so Ah! good
1: the whole time. (laughs) Like, it was so fun the whole time. I was just, like, I had, like, my best friend Kim with me the entire time who stayed for the whole, like, she came over to, because I did the thing at my dad's girlfriend's house,
0: Okay, like that's out, what you did. Out in Richmond,
1: yeah, like out in Richmond, so that I wouldn't be because at at my house, my pain cave is just like essentially a shed in the basement <laughs> with like a window, like the <laughs> smallest window you've ever seen like the highest window something you can see a little bit of sunshine I think yeah it's like those doors where like you knock on the door and people open that sliding door to like put their eye and see oh that's like that's like the window that we have in the basement it's essentially to make sure that the outside world is still there it's like the only way of checking so I was like I don't think it would be like I don't think I could get this cleared by anyone if I like wanted to do this in the basement. I don't think it would be okay for like my sanity (laughs) to be alone in this basement for 24 hours.
0: Yeah. So I went out to my dad's girlfriend's
1: place. Yeah and we we, like set it all up in the living room where there's like a gazillion windows and like art and like flowers and like a kitchen and people (laughs) and like room for people and like just yeah it was a much better situation. I'm really glad we did that. So like I had my dad and his girlfriend and her kids and my best friend Kim there the whole time with me like kind of as witnesses and as like just like comfort and support Uh I'm gonna talk to. Feeding you? Yeah literally (laughs) like I'll I'll get to that there was some serious like force feeding that happened (laughs) but yeah so all through the night I had people on Zwift like Like my favorite people ever were like riding with me through the night like some teammates just like people really close to me riding with me and it was just like the night was the most fun like the night was the best part in my opinion like from like 10 to 5 a.m i was like this is amazing i'm having so much fun when it's six it'll be halfway we'll be chilling and it'll be awesome and then it's like home stretch in my brain i was like making up wild wild ways for me to be like oh I'm almost done like yeah. I'm one I'm quarter of the way but how did it
0: feel when you hit like that that 680
1: you're like my oh, i you, like you'd think you'd think that I felt amazing really but, oh my god when it hit like at 6 a.m or at four like okay so everybody who rode with me through the night called it in between four and six a.m they were like okay we're going to bed we did the night shift. Everyone's waking up now. Goodbye. And then, <laughs> you're like, no. Everyone went to sleep, and, and no one yourself? woke up. From from six a.m. to eight a.m. for that two-hour stage, I was completely alone on Swift. Oh, like, by myself on Swift. You're like everyone. Nobody. Everyone in the house. Anyone? Anyone? No, like, because I guess like. Everybody, anyone who was supposed to ride with me from like six to eight, like either didn't or didn't sign up. So I was literally like alone trying to keep my average at 30, 12 or 13 hours into the ride. I'm like by myself, everyone in the house is still asleep. And I'm just like bonking, Sylvie. I (laughs) am bonking. Like I was up all night. I wasn't hungry because it was the night. I was just like eating scratch right. gummies. Oh, like, breakfast. Literally like just scratch gummies. I was just like, these It's like candy. Yay. It's like the middle of the night. Who cares? No one needs to you when it's the middle of the night. Like I had so much food around me. I had so much food around me, like more food than you've ever seen. I'll try and send you some emails. Cause we took like with pictures and actually took pictures of all the Oh really? Food it. <laughs> so you've
0: you got eat. like a selection. I've got like bagels and stuff over here in Danish. It was and- like
1: a farmer's market. It <laughs> oh my was like control. Could you finish and I just, Could you like, reach it? I just opted for all of the like all the scratch gummies in the world. So then oh by six AM I'm just like bonking. Like nauseous. Don't want to eat. I'm like there's I had to film the whole thing. Like I had to live stream the whole thing kind of as like a proxy. So <laughs> yeah. there's like there is the full footage on my Facebook page of the whole live stream. If you oh go my God, to all like 24 hours? Yeah, split wow. up into like eight hour segments. Cause like we have to have it. Like we didn't have a proxy right. there and we had proof of like the fact that I was the one that did all of it. Yeah. So if you go on my Facebook page and look at the clip, that would be like when it was six AM to eight AM, all that you can see is me like hoisting myself up on my saddle in tears. <laughs> like just crying like sobbing and like pushing myself (laughs) off my saddle because I'm in so much pain and I'm just like it's just like a good like 45 minutes to an hour of me just like sobbing (laughs) sobbing and bonking and just being so alone and that was like the worst part of the whole and then your dad wakes up hey and then I what had happened was like I called one of my teammates slash like mentors slash like Best friends in the whole world, I called Graham Rivers. He's on my team. And I was like, I don't feel so good. Like, this is the worst day of my life. I feel nauseous. I can't eat. I don't want to eat. Like, why am I doing this? I feel I don't like I don't know what's gonna happen next. I feel so bad that I am scared about what's gonna happen next. <laughs> like oh. I just fall off of this bike. Like, you know, when you feel so broken and you're like, I don't know how like this could get worse, but if it does, I don't know what what I like. to <laughs> yeah. like, have to stop. And he was like, "You need to eat food. Like you need to eat something right now. Like actual food in your body. You need to do it."
0: Oh yeah.
1: Like, oh no. So I like I get my dad, and he's like, "Whatever you want. Like what do you want?" And I was like, "Waffles. Like I need uh-huh. waffles right now." <laughs> So they made me, they made me waffles and I put like endurance tap syrup on it and like butter and I like,
0: oh.
1: and then you just see me like eating waffles with my hands, like <laughs> on the live stream, <laughs> just like fully eating bites of waffles Sticky. with my hands. Oh yeah. Like it doesn't even matter. Like I don't care that people are watching this live stream. I just need these waffles in my face as fast as they'll go in my face. Oh so I'm like, I'm doing that. And then like. I start to feel a little better. Graham comes over and visits me with his kiddos, and like, just like from 9:30 p.m. uh, onwards, I just like exponentially feel better. And yeah, like around 2 p.m., we broke the 680k mark, which was like a huge morale boost. Every like a lot of people were around for that. Like Kim was there, my dad was there, Graham was still there, and everyone was like holy crap you just beat the actual record like and you
0: got right like two hours to go what are you gonna do it's like, like four hours
1: I four, had, like, four hours. hours to go I was like I guess we just see how far we can get it now and like I was feeling great like I was like I did what I came here to do if I wanted I could just like mail it in but I don't want to I want to like push it like I was just so glad that I had done it because I was scared like that morning when I was like alone I was like what if I never have anyone to ride with for the rest of this whole thing and I'm just like gonna screw the pooch and not finish this thing (laughs) that's it I'm done I was so I was so scared I was like this is the end of it but yeah once I broke the record that had originally been standing I was like okay I can do this and then like more people that I like loved started coming and visiting and like staying around to the end and like champagne was getting brought out and like food was getting <laughs> brought out and it, like, it was 5 p.m. and I was like, there's an hour left. Oh, no and then, way, it's the
0: countdown. And then, it looked
1: like, and then it looked like I was gonna hit 800K and we were like, whoa, like, yeah, everyone was like, this is now turned into a, oh my God, you can hit 800 you need to hit 800 so I started yeah. like actually trying like trying You're actually, actually trying. To <laughs> like, I started like trying to push like more water oh, okay of, like, yeah yeah consistent pace because mm-hmm. like plan a had been just like just hold like at least 100 ish and like average a certain amount right average a certain speed and just like get yourself there yeah but now I was like well Screw that. I'm just going to actually like, I'm pushing now. I only have an hour left. I'm going to have rest after this. So there yeah, are, like, really. <laughs> so yeah. Like the time just like keeps ticking down. And we hit 812, and like we all celebrated. And there was champagne and music. And uh, I remember getting off my bike, and like my legs were shaking. And I slammed an entire ba- like box of pizza. And then I just like, <laughs> I had to sleep i tried watching hercules how many times how many times did you here yeah did you how many times did you change your shorts did you um yeah every so every two hours i went to the washroom because that was like the break between stages so i like you know when you're like on Zwift and you have like joined an event and it counts down like yes when you can go join it oh yeah you got like like five minutes minutes or two minutes or something and like if you like once there's like two minutes left it automatically joins you to the next event and like brings you to that pen and you wait there so whenever it like started counting me down to go to the pen
0: oh okay the next
1: stage I'd get off go to the washroom and every two stages I'd change bibs right so every every four hours I'd change bibs okay and then, like, they would do like a load of laundry after, like, I had gone through two pairs, so that I could go back to the original ones because I didn't want to yeah. like have a whole variety.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, uh-huh.
1: the gross, the gross part is I stayed in the same socks and shoes the whole time. Yeah.
0: Do you have multiple s- shoes?
1: Well, I had like I no, I had like two pairs of shoes. <laughs> I had like the shoes that I like my team gave me like for our sponsor this year and then yeah. I had like my older shoes and I like I wore the sponsor shoes like I wore my Shimano shoes and they were fine like they're super comfortable so I was like okay I don't need to change but I stayed in the same sock which I think is kind of gross. <laughs> I was it's was like, like what's that? It's <laughs> like the longest I've ever worn any piece. <laughs> of Well like,
0: see I don't even wear socks when I cycle people are like we don't wear socks I'm like Fair enough. I mean, like, that's, like, have you ever done triathlon? That's, like, all of... I've done two, to say mm-hmm. I've done two, and then I decided they weren't for me.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> all to... the triathletes don't wear socks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's because of that. I just never... I don't like the tan lines.
1: Fair. They are funky. Well, the tan, tan lines, lines down hot. at your
0: ankles and then on your thighs and then on your arms, I'm like, I kind of like to look a little feminine in the summer mm-hmm. not like have the the cycling like a, yeah hero.
1: yeah no I'm okay like the farmer's 10 times 10 like farmer's yeah. 10 on your legs as well it's ridiculous. Yeah. I even I'm starting to get a tan on my hands now. oh yeah
0: and then I it's I like I stopped wearing the 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 gloves so that you yeah. know you're your fingers don't get tan. I'm like, no, I'm not I don't even wear
1: I don't even wear gloves and I'm still getting a tan from like where I'm like holding my bars and their sun isn't on oh, like funny. My fingers <laughs> it's just on my hand. I'm like I can't even avoid this. Yeah like, you I got can't watch the watch tan without. and then
0: this tan I'm like no so all right it's so totally you've chill. done this it was a huge success I mean that's mm-hmm. you made the news and um you got your team so now Lucy like we took, we are just talking a little bit before we started, but your steps. Okay. So I have to mention our cycling club honored mm-hmm. Lucy with a bursary fund of $1,500 to go towards her racing. And maybe you can tell me, so that's cycle fit chicks. Um, mm-hmm. we raised money. Oh gosh. Like I've had my club for 13 years. We raised money. I don't know, five, six years ago. And then we never gave it to an athlete and now we're like we got to get rid of this money and we pick lucy because she's so amazing and Aww. one of our other uh local racers which is emily flynn and you can her episodes in uh has been is in the the podcast but so what are you going to now in order to get to the olympics now are you gonna are you gonna go back to the track or are you gonna do it on the road like what's, what's your plan and how are you going to like, what kind of steps do you have getting yourself further up the line, like to pro and to Europe and like, do you have kind of, um, kind of like a plan? I mean, yeah. Like in my a perfect world right now, <laughs> yeah. oh
1: God, a perfect world, like right like for. To answer the first question I definitely pursue roads, that's just like more catered towards my strengths. I think, like, right, I think like my the strengths long like, yeah, endurance, like stage racing, stuff like that, like long one day races, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. The more climbing, the better for me,
0: mm.
1: and stuff like that. Like, that's kind of where my strengths lie. Um, so for me, what I just need to do is race, I need to race. Um, upgrade my like category upgrade like my like overall standings like get my name out there get on some like um some higher level teams and just kind of work my way up the ladder until I can get to being kind of like pro or conti pro stuff like that yeah and then from there just work on being selected for teams and all that stuff right
0: because I um when I interviewed Emily, she talked a lot about, um, uh, applying for mm-hmm. races. And I know like you need, like literally need, um, results to go. Like
1: we've created a power, like I have power profiles, like power files to share and everything like that. But at the end of the day, I just need to go and like race as much as my calendar will let me race right. and like do as well as I can and mm-hmm. apply for the races that are a little higher up there
0: right like
1: there's some races in September that I'm really hoping I get to do and championships like, like nationals yeah stuff like that oh definitely yeah. nationals yeah hopefully Green Mountain stuff like that okay yeah um so yeah just like getting into the more the most competitive races that I'm able to get into mm-hmm. and holding my own and doing well and stuff like yeah. that
0: yeah so Maybe this is for my club. What are you gonna use the money for? The fifteen hundred, the bursary. Definitely
1: fund? <laughs> definitely getting to as many races as I can get my hands on.
0: Just I know. like
1: getting because once like the vaccines are being able to be sped up a little bit. So as soon mm-hmm. as I have my second dose, I'll be able to get to those kind of like more international ones. Right.
0: yeah of, I I hate- can maybe
1: just situate myself in a place like there will constantly be races all around me that i can just go to all of them and all that stuff
0: right now um with regards to your team like do they have a race schedule that's kind of set up or are they kind of what kind of um what kind of races do they hit
1: so for my team uh the the way that we do it is we have this like group chat called like early season planning and everything Mm -hmm. and it has the men's team which is like our focus and then I'm in it as well with a couple of the girls because we have like a men's road team and then we have a women's uh gravel team and then I'm I'm like the only woman on the road team Mm -hmm. so I will go to all of the races that the men go to because they'll they'll be doing mostly road like they're looking at sorry um they're looking at um i lost my train of thought they're looking at races like Charlevoix and uh, oh is that uh, still happening some of the like the quebec races are happening
0: yeah i know uh, they um as of june 26th mm-hmm. anything after that yeah we
1: have i'm pretty in- sure what's happening because like we we're signed up for big red but I think all of us are gonna try and get out of that maybe because Charlotte would happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a G- good one. like yeah, and like GP Complica and like uh all that like the, the Quebec race calendar we're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And if we can get if we can get across the border, like intelligentsia would be great. Would it be a great block of races to do. Is that just in New York State? I think, yeah. Yeah. We're or down Ch- Chicago. But-
0: Chicago um that's De- no that's not Detroit
1: that's Tulsa that's not right? New York yeah
0: but that's down from mm-hmm. Toronto
1: yeah just like yeah so just yeah. all of the like all the stage races we can go to the Quebec calendar any of the Ontario TTs that any of us are kind of close to I'll mm-hmm. be doing like all the OBC TTs as well just to get the, the race experience and everything
0: yeah keep your legs yeah. good eye. Wow! Yeah, I know it's it's kind of hard um trying to get figure out where to go, but I'm glad that Quebec has kind of moved hmm. forward really quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean patio season is in full swing right now. So <laughs> <laughs> just
0: cross, it's just like old times. Just cross the
1: bridge, go over to Quebec. Yeah, yeah. take my, my bike and go to Chelsea Pub. Like, That's right anyway, <laughs> I can go, go on a patio right now. <laughs> yeah no place on the bike
0: yeah that's right so oh my gosh so that's awesome we're gonna be continuing to watch you for sure and support you i know that you're in our club page now mm-hmm. um and i'll share this uh this episode with everybody for sure but i just want to thank you lucy um for sharing i know that you touched on some um you know some sensitive stuff uh the beginning but i'm you know, it's good that you, st- you talk about that and be more open. Um, mm-hmm.
1: because, that's the uh, only, like talking about that kind of thing. is the only way that other people will open up about it too. Cause like, it's the kind of thing you can really, you can feel really alone about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's very much like something that you can say that's all in your head. But so many people, especially female athletes, like feel like those are real, real feelings that need to be acknowledged and talked about.
0: And, you you know, I actually, um, I spoke with Alan Dempsey. I don't know if you've come across him yet, Mm -hmm. Um, but he was talking about male eating disorders in the Peloton. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can only imagine there's like such a, a deep issue there as well. Cause like, if, if I've learned anything, it's that like the whole like weight saving thing in cycling is like, it can be kind of like a little like it can be a joke sometimes but a lot of the time it's not a joke and people really internalize it and like practice it and it becomes like a big spiraling out of control full-blown eating disorder before you know it
0: yeah I was surprised I shouldn't be surprised but I was yeah yeah Yeah. because usually you equate that stuff with women but I'm so grateful that you brought that forward and you can you know, be an advocate for that. So thanks again, Lucy. And I want to thank our listeners and don't forget to like, comment, share. And also Lucy and I would love a, a review and five stars, right? Oh yeah. And, uh, and also give us your biggest takeaway and please share this with somebody you know who could benefit from Um, our discussion and um and thanks again we will there we go like bring it to an end have an amazing day thanks lucy thank you thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport i am so glad you stopped by today please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.